Today is a very special day. It's the last Sunday of the year. And many are giving thanks that it's the end of 2020. I'm not sure I agree with that. Though the year did bring many trials and new experiences that we did not enjoy, what is most important is that we have so much to thank God for. He saw us through many trials, and although a lot of the difficulties that happened in 2020 were new and um, most unpleasant, I mean, many of us lost loved ones, lost a job, lost possessions, and um, well, just made for not a happy year. But then again, is it that much different than any other year? The trials and difficulties that we've experienced have proven God's love and faithfulness. Even to those of us who still are or will in the future go through the tests and trials that 2020 brought to us. So let's take just a moment and pray. Dear Father in heaven, the things that have happened in the year past we don't fully understand, but we do know that you are faithful and in many, many instances you blatantly and obviously proved your faithfulness. What is most important, you are God. You are the one in control and you are always there. We thank you, Lord, for your compassion. We thank you, Lord, for the comfort of your spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you would guide and direct us in this new year and help us to learn from the past and understand that living for others is what life is really all about. And we pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Now let's get on to the encouragement and the blessing that I believe God would have me to share with you today. What do you think of when you hear the titles Hark the Herald Angels Sing or Joy to the World? Well, most of us think of Christmas. These and many other carols do, or at least used to, play a central part of our celebration of Christ's birth. They used to dominate the month of December in our singing in church, what music radio stations would play, and recognizable versions of them would be heard in stores and shopping malls. That's kind of more the way it was in the past. And most of us who've been around for more than a couple of decades can recite the verses to most of the carols from memory. How long has it been since we really concentrated on their lyrics and marveled at the incredible message that they told? The creator of you and me and the world outside of your window. The problem is that we have heard them so many times that we take the message for granted. Most are so easy to sing, at least the original versions were, 
that we do it without really listening to what they're telling us. For centuries, the music of the church was part of its educational and inspirational efforts. Christmas carols were a part of that. Some would teach deep biblical truths regarding the Incarnation, while others would offer scriptural descriptions of events that surrounded Jesus' birth. Still others were joyful expressions of childlike faith in response to God's indescribable gift. Together they provided a poetic, lyrical picture of what Christmas, humility, and God's great love meant to him. His overwhelming desire to reach out to his creation, that in part had turned to find fulfillment in gratifying its own personal interests and desires, rather than obeying God. But let's take a few minutes and take a look at two of the carols and pray they help us meditate and focus on God's love and to be moved to feel as the writers of the carols did who put these thoughts to word and music. The origin of the word carol is uncertain. Some believe it came from the Greek word choros. It's the Greek word for dance. Others argue that it came from the French word chorale, which describes a dance performed to the music of a flute. In either case, carols seem to have been associated with a celebration. In the Middle Ages, when church music was largely chants done in Latin by choral professionals, the carols became popular with the common people. They were easy to sing, expressed great joy at a time when common people didn't have much joy in the circumstances of living. And it's been said that St. Francis of Assisi, in an attempt to provide songs of praise in the language of the common people, wrote the first Christmas carols. The term carol came into use in England when it was used to describe a lyrical poem which encouraged people to fellowship with God in the seasons of Christmas, Epiphany, Easter, and the other celebrations in the biblical calendar. Over the years, more were written in connection with Christmas than any other time of the year. We can enjoy these carols, but let's concentrate on the words as we hear them. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild. Sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, 
holy night. Son of God loves pure light. Radiant beams from thy holy face with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. This is perhaps the best known and most widely sung of all the carols. It is certainly one of the most beautiful. As the story goes, an Austrian parish priest by the name of Joseph Moore, that's M-O-H-R, took this poem he had written several years before to the church organist, whose name was Franz Gruber. He was an accomplished musician. And because the church organ was broken, Gruber wrote a simple melody for his guitar. And they sang the song for the first time at the church's Christmas Eve service. Though Bethlehem may have been relatively quiet at the time that Jesus was born, it was probably not silent. Crowds of people were in town to be counted for the census. Weary travelers could not find lodging, and all the animals traveling with the people probably made their share of noise as well. Father Moore's song does not speak of a natural silence, but the holy hush that must have fallen over Bethlehem as the angels and the shepherds knelt to worship the potter that had entered into the clay that he himself had made and now rested in the arms of his own creation. The title and the first line of another favorite carol are often misunderstood. It's a carol that's not addressed to party-goers, but it's a blessing on serene and peaceful people. God rest ye merry, gentlemen, was a blessing upon an entire group of people because in Old English grammar, a reference to men in the plural was intended to include everyone addressed. It was not intended to be gender specific. The phrase, God rest ye merry, was an old English prayer or blessing that God would keep the person or persons merry or joyful. God rest ye merry, gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In Bethlehem, in Jewry, this blessed babe was born and laid within a manger upon this blessed morn, to which his mother Mary did nothing take in scorn. From God our Heavenly Father a blessed angel came, and unto certain shepherds brought tidings of the same, how that in Bethlehem was born the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. 
God bless you with joy, you people, might be an accurate modern-day rendering of that phrase. It stands to reason that most who are already merry would have no need for a blessing like that. Rather, the poor, lowly, and sorrowful, those who are dismayed, are the ones who need comfort and joy. To those in need of that, the writer of the carol prescribes the only sure cure, the good news of the coming of Messiah, Jesus, to earth. In singing this, we're extending God's blessing and power to comfort and uplift the oppressed. In listening to it, we're afforded the opportunity to receive that blessing, and with it, His joy. The most fulfilling and refreshing demo devotions that I have ever enjoyed were sitting quietly with God and reading and meditating on the words to Christmas carols and many of the centuries-old hymns that are found in the old church hymnals. It's true that those words are not always scripture, but most of the time they're expressions of the Holy Spirit inspiring the writer to tell of their communion with God. May the love of God and the grace and His peace imparted by His Holy Spirit guide and keep you in 2021. Amen.